everybody, and welcome to another episode of Natter the Zillennial Podcast. I am your host, Natalie Parent, and today we are talking about some fun stuff with Siobhan Beta. Hello, Siobhan. Hey, Nat. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I am an artist and a tattoo apprentice, and kind of what I want to talk about today is art and kind of the passion behind it. And just kind of like the general mindset that people have towards uh, the arts. I love it. Yeah. Right from the beginning, what kind of arts uh, have you engaged in? And when did you first start to notice how um, different creatives and non-creatives uh, interact Ooh. with it? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I kind of have a lot of experience in fine art specifically, like drawing, painting, um, pastels, color pencil, like, oh my God, the list goes on forever. Um, and like, you know, like a little bit of music as well. But um, for art and like non-creatives, I feel like I really started noticing the divide back when I was uh, teaching art classes, mm -hmm. um, specifically with my old art teacher slash employer, uh, Christina Thoen. She really had some interesting points of like, um, people kind of categorize themselves into people who can do art and can't do art and I ran into so many of those people uh teaching art classes we'd have these like kids and adults and everybody in between who come to us for a workshop and they I I cannot tell you the amount that I've been hit with the sentence um I can't even draw a stick figure oh my god <laughs> <laughs> like I get that all the time and I, I just feel like people really see art as kind of this big mountain to climb over. Like it seems really like you either can or can't do it. Mm -hmm. Which is weird because as we see from like cave paintings, yeah, people from all over the world forever have been doing art and they weren't judging. I mean, maybe they were judging whether <laughs> it was good or not, but they were still doing it. Like it's always been just a human thing to do. Yeah, totally. And I think that really brings like an interesting perspective because like if we look back to when we were kids like coloring and dancing and singing like everybody did it it was like encouraged in kindergarten like we were all silly and mm -hmm. we just did art because art is such a human experience right yeah and then all of a sudden we hit this age where oh like you realize or you I don't want to say realize because that's not the right word I want to use but you almost become aware of like quality and standards and norms that you have to start fitting yourself into and then all of a sudden you're in second grade and you draw a horse but your teacher says it looks like a giraffe and then your confidence goes down and you start thinking yeah. maybe art's not for me but I really like I stress so much that it's so important that humans have that creative experience in them whether it is drawing whether it's music whether it's like just like a form of expression. And it's really heartbreaking to see people kind of block themselves from it before even like giving themselves a chance again. Absolutely. Did you as a child, um, especially ever have moments of I can't do this? Or were you just go with the flow? I'm a kid. I don't care. <laughs> well, I feel like up to a point, right? Um, yeah. Like always coloring, always doing art. Art has always been a part of my life, thankfully since I can remember, like my mom's creative, my dad's creative, um, and it's always been encouraged. But I mean, that's kind of like learning something in general and pursuing something is you're always going to have those highs and you're always going to have those lows. 
And you're going to have moments where you kind of doubt yourself and you're like, can I do this? Am I doing good? Or you kind of, as you get more into art, you start developing your eye faster than your hand, mm-hmm. typically. So you'll start seeing mistakes in art faster than you can correct them. So you'll kind of look at your art with a critical eye and be like, oh, like it's not turning out how I had it in my head or like the colors aren't right or the shapes aren't quite there. But I feel like it's so important, like if you're pursuing art specifically to see that growth, though, that you're recognizing Mm -hmm. that you aren't doing what you want and that you have gone to that point and that you can see that you can go past that point. Yeah, totally. And talking about um, developing as an artist and just, you know, growing your skills, is is there a, a specific place when your your skills have grown, your style has grown, that you think it's okay to be like, I can't do a certain thing, um, or I'm not as skilled as this as I am at something else, or should it still be a skill that you try to build upon anyway? I think it really depends on the person, because I think, for me personally, I think that growing, you never stop growing as a person, and you never start, stop growing as an artist. Mm-hmm. Um, there's... I think there's like a saying, I don't know if I'm going to quote it exactly, but like you need to put like a hundred thousand hours into something to become a master. So there's always something to learn, but I think definitely like finding your own niche, finding your style, finding who you are inside your art is incredibly important um, and comfortable. Like it's good to know who you are, who you stand as an artist, but I still think it's super important to challenge yourself because If you're constantly growing, how do you know where your style ends? So you could say like, I really am proficient at graphite portraits. Like that's something I really enjoy doing. But if you never give yourself that chance, let's say, for example, to try colored portraits, you can never really figure out if that could have been your niche, if that's something you enjoy even more than, than where you're at right now. Right. Let's dive into your own creative career. How did you first start and start finding your niche and push your own boundaries? Ooh, I think for like fine art in general, it's always good to start with realism. It's good to just like start drawing. And I found for me, I started taking art classes, which I was incredibly fortunate to be able to do. Um, And just working from pictures and trying to like translate what you're seeing into what your hand's trying to do. Um, and rolling with stuff like that. And then, like, I I personally really found interest in doing portraits. Mm-hmm. Um, like, just capturing human faces and, like, trying to get that certain kind of, I want to say, like, magical light, but that sounds really cheesy yeah. <laughs> in somebody's eye and, like, making it look like them. I found, like, a really strong draw towards that. Um, but like other artists I've talked to with like visual arts, um, you kind of just get that gut feeling of what you like and what you tend to gravitate towards. Mm -hmm. And I know for a lot of new artists, um, it can be hard to find that niche of like where you sit in. And like, even for me, like with, uh, pursuing tattooing now, um, I'm trying to figure out where I sit in that and like what my style is going to be. But one thing that's really helpful is just to do art. Um, I find your niche just comes with doing it and the more you do it, the more it comes out and just getting feedback on your art and seeing it. And I don't know, people have a good eye for your, for like other people's art and they'd be like, Oh, I can see like this thing coming up a lot in your art. And you'd be like, Oh, I didn't even know. Mm -hmm. Like that's so cool to get perspective on it. 
It's so interesting to see the creativity in somebody else's work that they might not even know themselves. Yes. yes. It's and like, that's why I stress so much of like trying to find a community in your art as well and getting like similar creatives in your bubble going. So you can talk about art, you can like critique each other's art and just like, I don't know, there's just so much benefit to having that community behind you. Yeah. It helps you build not only your, your critical eye, but for other things but for your own too and not even in like a I like what she's doing I'm going to copy it but like what what um technique maybe can I incorporate like I know as a musician if I hear a band that I really like if I'm writing music that sounds like the doors but suddenly a Lady Gaga song sounds sick and like maybe I want to add something that's Lady Gaga-ish to the doors why not like that's how music uh progresses why not other art forms totally too? and like I think that's the kind of thing that is so drawing about art as well is like there's just so many possibilities and there's so many combinations and regardless if you take a bit of this and a bit of that and you combine it together you're always going to have your own personal touch to it mm-hmm. I like that you're doing that with your own art now too because I've seen, because yeah, everybody, by the way, uh, Siobhan and I have known each other since yes. high school. So it's been a, it's, it's been a hot <laughs> minute. And, and seeing your work from like so your portraits, your graphite portraits to you doing tattoo mm. now, I can see a, a, a thread of like, yes, it was your hand that did it, but still tattooing is so different from graphite. Oh my work. gosh, don't get me started. It's throwing so. my brain in such a loop right now. <laughs> I'm like so new to it. I've, I think I've only done like four tattoos so far. I'm just like just starting and like the translation between the mediums is absolutely insane. And did you get nervous? Oh Obviously you were nervous yes. to start it. <laughs> it was um, oh, like I was so nervous like leading up to it, but like the actual mm-hmm. moment that I got in there, I just was like super calm, collected. I don't know what came over me. It just was like this like miracle. Like I got this. Don't worry. Well, that's yeah. good. <laughs> and I think it must be as somebody who has taught art and I don't know if you're ever going to go back to teaching, but knowing how nervous you can be about oh. it, even if it's not a permanent medium, like tattooing would probably give you a lot more depth as a teacher than somebody who's just confident all the time well, I feel like there's kind of like a false security in being like too confident which I don't want to like say never be confident in your art but I feel like there is this concept of talent mm-hmm. and I think it can be a little bit poisonous when it's not used correctly um I'm trying to think of how to word this um people will always say like oh you're so talented you're so talented you have like this quote-unquote gift but if you don't work on it and if you don't take your strengths and like develop them um you can get really disheartened really quick I've seen it a lot in art students that I've taught where they come in and they do have kind of like I don't want to say like a step ahead but they have kind of a proficiency in like seeing something and translating it and then the moment mm-hmm. they hit that roadblock, the moment they start learning and pushing past their boundaries, they get so shook. They, um, I don't know, it's just something hits them. And I feel like there's definitely this false security in having that quote unquote talent. Um, and then they almost have to learn how to learn again. And I don't know, I have so much enjoyment. Teach, I, Yeah, I definitely want to go back and teach art lessons again. I just, I'm getting a little nostalgic thinking about it though. <laughs> It was so much fun. Do you think that there's, um, I, I don't want to say a better way of teaching it, but a, a more productive way of teaching 
that's not the right word either. Basically, a good way of teaching art and um, just creativity in general that won't put that pressure Mm. to be perfect or put the pressure on having a final product that's beautiful. I think it's really important. Like, I know a lot of people don't have access to art lessons in general, but if you're able to, it's so important finding like a good teacher, I think. Um, You know, I've always compared art, learning art to like a bicycle, which sounds kind of stupid at first, but nobody gives a kid a bicycle and is like, okay, go bike, go for a ride, you know? (laughs) Um, There's like steps to it, right? Like, you get them on the bike, you get comfortable with pushing them around, right? Like you take these baby steps. Art's kind of the same where I feel like a lot of people have this idea where you need to be perfect at it right off the get-go. Um, mm-hmm. But it does it does take, like, you have to learn how to do it. You have to take those steps. Um, yeah, I think just having a really fun, creative, like, letting loose environment, having that good, um, I don't know, uh, I feel like people put a lot of internalized pressure on themselves to be perfect. And I think it's really important to know that there is really no pressure in being an artist. I feel like art itself is kind of like this loose, wobbly construct. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I honestly, my biggest thing with art is just do it. I know it's kind of scary at first and it can be very intimidating, But the moment you get somebody going, I feel like that ball just starts rolling. It's just that initial bump that they Mm -hmm. need to kind of get themselves into it. We do a lot of exercises like back when I I taught art classes where it's like draw and don't look at your paper. Just keep your eyes focused on what you're drawing. Don't even look down and just do it or draw something from memory or just like draw some lines, get that pencil flowing. Um, We've done a lot of exercises where it's draw something and we don't even give them an eraser. Like, it's just keep on going. It's okay. It's complete, yeah, it's it's super fun. I really, I really miss it. But yeah, I think it's just, it's getting people just to feel, get over that little bump, I think, of just mm-hmm. the intimidation of what art can be. Um, there's like, there's a tattoo artist. Like, I feel like there's also, sorry, before I get into that part, I feel like there's this idea that with art, you have to be perfect. Yeah. Like when we first started teaching art classes and we'd have like a brand new workshop come in, we would typically have like a little still life, which is like any kind of random little object. Like it could be a vase of flowers. It could be like a glass cube, like really anything. And just in the middle of the table for them to sit down with a pencil and paper and just draw it. Oh my gosh. (laughs) We had like people who would just sit there and be like, you mean just draw it? And we're like, yeah, just do your best. Just try it. Mm -hmm. And we had to like sit there with them and be like, you know, it's okay. And just like walk them through that first step. But once they got going, I don't know, something just every single person, they just got into the flow. And then of course, like once you get into the flow of things, art is something that needs to be taught. Like there is principles to it and there you have to learn about value and shape and pattern and design. But on the same note, you really don't have to. It really depends what you want to do with art. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's such a self-expression thing that like, I don't know. I feel like people have this mindset that you have to be so perfect at it. You have to learn all this stuff. You have to, have to, have to. You can. But on the same page, you can just do it for the fun of it. You can just create. You can just draw silly things. It doesn't have to be good. I think it's just the fact that they're creating is good. 
Absolutely. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't have to be good. Yes. I one of my first few interviews with a rush and we talked about how art would be post COVID and post all the Black Lives Matter protests when people are finally able to get out safely and do things. Yeah. Because a lot has shifted in the world. Yes. But we talked about how a lot of people are finally picking up artistic things for the first time mm-hmm. because they have the time to do it and they're like in safe spaces of their home where nobody can see them fail. Mm-hmm. which you have to do in order to learn yes. you have to fail a few times and you you don't have to show people the first 20 things you do as long as you're just doing it yes I think that that's an excellent point like I I'm I'm trying to think it is uh it's a quote from a book that I read and it's like as long as you're doing five minutes a day of art you will improve um so I think that just kind of stresses the point of like just create just do it find that safe space. Like you said, if it's in the safety of your home and you feel good there, just do it. You don't have to go and take art lessons from somebody. Like you can doodle on like a sticky note. You can just create that way. And it's good. I actually know somebody who does sticky note art. I love that. That's so cool. She does one sticky note. I don't know if it's every day or every week, but she has her collection and all one, one thing at a time, they're just a small thing that don't take her that long to make, but all together she has this huge art piece now of all of these sticky notes put together it's amazing that sounds so cool does she have it like up in a gallery or something or just like personal Uh, it's just her own personal thing i'd love to see a photo of that that sounds cool Hey everyone, this is Natalie in editing here. So our sticky note artist's name is Maya Krushevsky and you can find her sticky note art at underscore my art. So that's underscore M-I-A-R-T on Instagram. Now back to the interview with Siobhan. Yeah, it's, it's such a good idea too because it is just you have to do something small. But I think it comes from... You know, our society has this idea of you are an accountant, you are a lawyer, you are an athlete. And Western society doesn't have a very holistic view of human beings where we Mm. all have an artistic drive. We all have some kind of athletic drive. Maybe we like to walk and paint or maybe we like to swim and do needlepoint, you know, but we all have a mixture of these things in us. Mm. And I think definitely with like, I don't know... It's different with COVID now, but I've definitely noticed like it's not art isn't something that is like encouraged in people necessarily. Some people, yes, but like generally I find in like school systems, art, music are the first things that get cut. Yeah. I feel like there's so much benefit like mental health wise, um, like spiritually even of like cultivating that art environment and pushing it for people to have it's so Mm -hmm. I find art is something that's definitely pushed aside a lot but it's something that is so much in our society like advertisements like radio Spotify having all of this stuff just in our lives I feel like people Mm -hmm. don't recognize it even yeah I think they look at it as not being because it isn't a primary need they put it aside as something they don't people don't necessarily need to engage in every single day to survive well I just don't think that's true yeah you can go a week without having art but it's going to be a really really crappy week 
I just feel like people don't recognize what that truly would be like to remove yeah. all art platforms from like your daily life. Like no radio driving to work, no books, no like I don't know. It's to me it's insane. Like plain white walls everywhere. Yeah, your clothes would be a potato sack. <laughs> and like there would be absolutely nothing and like it is just a part of everything it is such a human thing and we do need it mm -hmm. it's just not a primary need um every you know it's not like air we don't need to take a breath art every however seconds to survive but it's still i think it's still a need yeah no i definitely <laughs> don't any sense. <laughs> no i get what you're putting down that's cool um <laughs> how do you find just like to pick your brain as well like how do you find people getting into art like or sorry, getting into music and stuff. Like, do you find, like, I, like, I've seen it a little bit, but like with going to school for it, like, do you, how do people approach schooling? And I feel like there's a lot of, I don't know, like that pressure behind it, right? Yeah. Going to music school, um, was strange. Yeah. <laughs> on, on one hand, I am definitely, I am a professional level musician you could hire me to sing backup for something you could hire me to work uh for a recording session so i could make um your album or something but on the other hand once you get to that level of knowing music mm -hmm. you become aware of all the things you don't know and you become aware of how much of a beginner you actually still are mm. i know in first year everybody came in with their instruments and obviously everyone got into school they were good enough for it they had a certain level of knowledge we're going through the program together everyone's learning a bit more and about before the end of second year you know there was everybody who thought that they were the best there were um i don't want to say a hierarchy of students but there were definitely the people who were um and i don't want to say more gifted mm. or even worked harder they just had more um proficiency i guess at that certain point mm -hmm. but as soon as we went forward into our, our our further years of education um the people who had no work ethic uh completely fell behind and they were beginners again L like you said like the people who naturally have these inclinations when they hit the first roadblock it becomes really hard mm -hmm. and they finally know what it feels like to be a beginner again mm -hmm. And they get really frustrated. We had a lot of people <laughs> drop out, but you know, like it was, it was really, really interesting to see that because some people were afraid to become a beginner again and they yeah. tried to stay locked in their ego, but those were the people that tended to fail. Mm. And I think it's interesting too, like you can know, like, for example, you can know music, but then mm. you have these different mediums as well that can set you back. Right. Like you were yeah. saying. And it's the same for art. Like you can be extremely good at like hand drawing, but then when it comes to sculpture, oh my gosh, I am just like, <laughs> sculpture just breaks my brain so much. I I like respect it so much. And it's something that I, I do want to do. But like, again, it sets me back to that beginner phase. And, you know, as like somebody who's taught art, you can definitely put yourself into those students' shoes and be like, oh my God, like I'm back at square one. Like, yeah understanding composition and I don't know in a 3D space it's so different and I think it's kind of like it pushes you a little bit right yeah um to kind of tackle that all over again and that's 
almost the challenge that I enjoy about arts in general is that you get over these little kind of humps and then you have like your one step forward, three steps back kind of deal. Mm -hmm. But no matter how much you feel like you're not improving, you always are. And I think that's kind of the thing with anything is that practice makes perfect and just working Mm -hmm. at it slowly, you'll always see an improvement. Yeah. I think it's also worth noting that people end up in their own echo chambers in daily life. So sometimes artists who are extremely good, I know it happens for music. um, you, You get you're very proficient in your craft, you feel good about it, but suddenly there comes a time when you realize, oh, everyone's good at this. What if I'm not as good as I think I am? What if I'm at the bottom of this group? Mm. And you don't take a step back to look that, oh, I'm just in an extremely artistic community. If I go talk to everybody, all of my friends who are mechanics or the ones who are going into medicine who have a little bit of musical training, but not the level I do. I still have some very special skills. My contributions are still worthwhile. They're still new. There's still something worth putting out there. Yeah. And like the echo chamber and even for people who aren't quote unquote creatives, um, they might think, oh, I'm just another med student. Well, no, your, your services are very much uh, appreciated in other circles. Yeah, no, totally. And Like even for non-creatives getting into creative things, even if they don't have like the quote unquote skills or like the level of whatever is required to be considered an artist in that field, they always have their own voice. They always have their own hand in something. If we all, like if we sat a hundred people down from all different backgrounds, artists, non-artists, and we got them to draw something, Every single version of that's going to be different, despite the fact that we're all seeing and drawing the exact same thing. Everybody Mm -hmm. translates it uniquely, which is why like teaching art classes was so incredibly fascinating because you'd see all these kids just drawing something. You'd be like, that's cool. Like you saw that as like a zebra pattern and like you saw this as like kind of like a cool geometric thing. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know. There's I feel like no matter who comes to art they always have their own niche kind of already started for them. The moment somebody draws something, there's always their own voice in it right off the get-go. Yeah, absolutely. Remember being a little, uh, like a small, small child, like being in grade one. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we'd have to color a leprechaun for St. Patrick's Day or something. Yeah. And everyone would still manage to do it differently. I Even know. though we all had the same cutout. <laughs> and do, I feel like somebody but... does like him with purple shoes or like, I don't know. It's really interesting. And I don't know. Some people get intimidated, intimidated by it. I include it sometimes. But art mm-hmm. is this kind of like open vastness where it's like anything is possible. There is literally no, like no wrongs in art. Sure. Yeah. There's like principles and stuff and stuff that you should generally follow. But people break it all the time. Mm -hmm. which is so fascinating to me. You can just run with it. You don't have to be good. You just got to do it. Yeah. I know I I personally do get really intimidated by visual art because I loved it as a kid, but I remember once trying to do a watercolor Mm -hmm. of like, again, as a tiny child, 
trying to do a watercolor of a forest scene and I didn't know how to draw a rock in a way that would make it look like a rock. I could do a river, I could do a tree, I could do a leaf, I could do a sun, I couldn't do a rock. And I got so sad. And I think that moment scared me away from watercolors. Oh no. <laughs> but now I'm an adult and I'm doing music all the time. And music is such a uh, time sensitive art. You know, you play it and then it's gone. You don't have to think of it again. Mm. But art is there for your eyes to see and I I, t I took an art class with um my friend and roommate Lauren and we had a great time with it I think it was like six weeks and we went in once a week and we took a piece home and the very first day we made collages and it was my first time making visual art in a very long time and this Ooh. was um just a couple years ago like a year and a half ago that we did it like the winter before COVID or something mm -hmm. and I was so intimidated. I didn't know what to put on to my piece of paper. I put down some uh, tissue paper, different colored tissue paper and tried to make like an 80s vibrant thing and it wasn't Ooh. working. And I got frustrated. And at one point I just ripped all of the tissue paper off of my page and everyone looked at me like, you're destroying your art. And I was like, well, I'll, I'll just make more. It's fine. Yeah. Like, I'll just recycle this paper and go get more. It's, it, it's totally fine. But their reaction to it and my reaction, like theirs was just keep trying. You can make it good. And my reaction was, okay, this is bumming me out. So I'm just going to get rid of it and start again because I don't want to stop. But I also don't want to frustrate myself more, you know, because I know what it's like to get frustrated. It's intimidating. Yeah. And I think that's kind of like the biggest thing is just to keep on going with it. Like whether it is continuing to work at it how it is or to scrap it and just keep on going with something different. I think as long as you keep rolling with it, mm -hmm. that's the difference, right? Do you have any stories of students or yourself that like getting through that one project was just really painful. Oh my gosh, I have many. Um, <laughs> trying to think of one specifically. I had I had this one student, and she was a lady. I would say in about her fifties or sixties, and uh, she was working on a project. I don't remember what the picture was, but it was a graphite drawing. I want to say of maybe like a landscape, and. Was it a yeah, I think it was a landscape. And she there was like a little building on it or something. And she was just having such a hard time drawing this building. Mm -hmm. And I'd give her some pointers. I'd come back around because we just walk around and help a couple of kids in the class and come back and check on them. And still she was just struggling with it and struggling with it. And to a point she was like, I'm done. I quit. Like I I'm out of art class. And yeah. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's take it back a couple steps. Um and just, you know, kind of recentering, getting our head back into the game and just kind of like sitting down with her, taking that time and seeing kind of what part was frustrating her. And she kept on wanting to like freehand um, kind of like these flowy shapes into her building. And typically with mm -hmm. architecture, very structural, like get those lines exactly the perspective Use a ruler yeah it's like get them the way they're supposed to be going and she was having a really hard time with like this kind of straight edged look to her building and like mm -hmm. the rest of her landscape was looking very flowy like you could tell this was her niche this is kind of what her hand wanted to do and we ended up kind of coming to this compromise where we were like you know what it doesn't have to look exactly like the picture. She had this standard of like 
what it needed to look like, but her hand was Mm -hmm. telling her something else. And of course, like we got the perspectives right still, but we still ended up kind of with that flowy touch at the end. And she walked away super, super happy with that piece, which I am so thankful for. Yeah. But I think she was kind of, she had this idea in her mind of how it was supposed to look in the end, but her style was coming through and she was kind of fighting it. And I think we kind of ended up in this middle ground of like, you know, sometimes art doesn't always turn out how we expect it to, but it's not a bad thing. It's it's a self-expectation that's that can either hold you back or push you towards a goal, but a time like that it's definitely just holding you back. Yeah, it was it was really frustrating for her and it was like <laughs> I feel for her too cuz like I mean, I've been doing art for like I don't know, lots of years at this point. And like, I have days where it's hard, like where I have to draw this or I have to paint that and my hand is just not doing what I want it to do. It is completely normal to have bad, quote unquote, bad art days where like, you're just, your brain isn't as creative as it normally is or things aren't meshing or flowing as as smooth as they could. But I think it's really important just to kind of take that step back from yourself and kind of realize that the expectation, the end goal, the picture that you have in your head isn't always like you can't always get there right away or it's maybe not in your books for that day or maybe it's not even in -hmm. your books at all. Like maybe your project's taking a curve somewhere else. And it's kind of like letting go of the reins a little bit and like letting art be art, right? It's not perfect. Mm -hmm. If you wanted perfect you would take a photograph and hang it up. You wouldn't be hand drawing it, right? Yeah. What strategies do you think people can use or do you use to get past the mental block of it has to be perfect? Ooh, that's a tough one. Because I find for myself working with high realism portraits, um, Mm -hmm. that is something that you have in your mind is it has to be perfect. It has to look like them. Um. But I've always kind of found peace in the fact that art will always be art. Um, art's never done. It o- like My teacher, Christina, she always said that art isn't done. It just stops in interesting places. Oh, I like that. Yeah, you'll never reach perfection, but you will find places in your piece where it sits comfortable, where the eye moves around good, the colors are working, and you're just kind of, you know, sometimes you just have to let it go how it is. Um, Mm -hmm. I have spent like hours and hours and hours trying to fix a portrait or try to make it more quote unquote perfect. But there reaches a place where you have your focal points, you have your lights, and it's just working. And you kind of just have to be at peace with it. Um, which is hard for somebody who is kind of a perfectionist like myself, where you're just like, it needs to be yeah. like exactly how it is. But <laughs> art art will be art at the end of the day. Yeah. Do you think that the um, the fear of trying is kind of connected to that fear of not being perfect because you know that you never can be perfect? Oh my gosh, yes. Um, that yeah that's exactly it I think people I think not even just art I think in stuff in general um kind of back to what we were talking about before with like as a kid you don't have a concept of that right you just do it no but as we grow up into adults there's this kind of expectation that as adults we should know how to do things right um Mm -hmm, totally there's no 
there's no comfort in failing. You there, We can't be wrong as adults. We have like this mindset of like, we have to succeed or it is a complete fail. And I think it's difficult getting over that mindset, but I think getting that try, just trying that first step is huge. I have had with art classes, I've had to like convince people multiple, multiple times of like, just come to art class, just come to art class, just try it. We'll be there for you. Like you have this support system behind you. We'll walk you through the steps. We'll show you the way. And like, they resist it so hard because they have this idea of like, but it's not going to be perfect. It's like, it's okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just come in, try it, please. And then we have a couple people who come in. They're like, oh my God, like, it's crazy. It changed my life. Like, Oh yeah, the power of art is in—it's absolutely insane. And the community that comes behind it as well with the art classes, it was—it was really nice. I really miss it. That's so lovely. It's—it's it's really something. I know we already talked about just having an artistic community, but it's one thing to make art for yourself, um, no matter what medium it's with, and feel the emotion that you want to share. But actually getting to see it be shared with other people Mm. is something that I think can be a bigger payoff than even having done it in the first place because like we are a a communal species so we like to share things and I think that that can't be dismissed no matter how solitary um the actual practice of art can be sometimes yeah and I find art can also be used as a voice when people have a hard time talking um Mm -hmm. just like visually expressing themselves and being like you know what I feel sad I'm gonna make a sad piece of art and then showing it to people and they can recognize that and there's that kind of human connection that happens there that's something that I also really enjoy about music is just that kind of general connection that you have with people. You can have a song that's super, super popular and you can have hundreds of thousands of people listening to the song and they all take something away from that piece of art that resonates with them. Um, yeah. And I, I don't know, I feel like art really makes a bridge that way where visual music, whatever, um, of just human emotion and kind of what you were saying with like that community of that sharing of that payoff of like giving something for people and seeing their reaction with it is so powerful. Um, mm-hmm. Like with doing portraits myself, like I do a lot for um, like a lot of the people who come to me, it's usually of somebody who's passed mm-hmm. and just being able to spend that like 40 plus hours on a piece working on this and then giving it to them and seeing that reaction, it's like, I have no words for it. It's so profound. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know. There's, there's something really strong about art and I, the community behind it, there's just, I have no words to describe how intensely I feel about, about it, about art, about Mm -hmm. the community behind it. And I just really would wish that people would try to take that step into it. I would love for people to see and to experience that for themselves. There's just something, like you said, so powerful. And the other thing is your song can reach millions of people and that's amazing. Or it could reach one person or your portrait can go to one family. 
And it still makes such a big difference mm-hmm. in at least one person's life. And I I have a question about that then. Portraiture is obviously very personal to the client who's asking for it. Yeah. Um, when you're doing realism, what's the line that you try to draw between your own emotion and what they're trying to get out of it? Um, that's tough. I mean, I've had like a lot of like requests where like they would have like of someone who's passed away and a photo of somebody who is still alive, who maybe they don't have any pictures together with and you kind of blend them together. It it's hard. It's there's a lot of emotion tied to it because you they approach you with this and like you can tell that there's obviously like a huge weight behind it. There's a huge significance yeah. behind it. And then you almost get this little bit of pressure where it's like you really want to do good by them. You really want to make them proud. You want to make them something that they can take away and like have that memory with that person and have them forever. Um, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's really hard. I have definitely cried a couple of times, like hearing people's stories and seeing their reactions to the art. Um, but that's kind of what I really like about it, um, is that personal connection that comes with it. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. I would be so scared. It's it is scary. Like if, if I got an eyelash wrong, I'd be like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but that, that comes back to again to that um people come to you for a reason, right? Um yeah. I've also had portraits where they they just want a picture of them drawn. They just want it hand drawn. And if they wanted just the picture, they could they could print it out. But they come to an artist for a reason. Um they want that human touch. They want that. I don't know. And even with art, I find it's almost like a way of honoring the person who has passed with Mm -hmm. having somebody dedicate that time to them. Right. Um, Yeah. And I mean, no matter how hard you try, it's never going to be perfect. But I find a lot of people appreciate that, which sounds weird Mm because you'd want it to be perfect. But I don't know. There's there's something almost human added to it. Yeah. I never thought of, obviously I thought of, yeah, you could just get a photograph, but I never thought of the actual difference, the difference it is to go specifically seek out an artist to make it for you. Like you, it's another step. It's different than just going to a a, a printer shop to get the photo taken. Like you're going through people's portfolios to see if the way they capture realistic things fits what you want, which is amazing. Yeah. And like, even like I've had people come to me with like a, like an older photo and just being able to add that little like punch of life to it um, as like an artist, being able to brighten the light in their eyes or like, like round them out and like make them look a little bit more lively. Cause maybe the last picture they had of their loved one, they were sick. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just, it's, it's just crazy seeing people's reactions and just, it's, yeah, it's, it's really strong and it, it's something that I haven't done recently. It's something that I used to do a lot. Um, and just talking about it kind of makes you want to get back into it again. <laughs> I mean, one of my favorite gifts I've ever received for Christmas was the David Bowie <laughs> portrait you gave to me. I was like, Heck yeah. you did this for me? What? Yes. Like, what the hell? <laughs> 
And I think that's part of it too. Like I was amazed that you put that much time into work and then I got to have it. It's like, but this is hours and hours of your life. Yeah. But thank you. Of course. <laughs> yeah, no. And I think that's something I enjoy giving people art as gifts so much. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I feel like there's something definitely very personal about it. And just, I don't know. It's it's nice to be creative and, and give gifts and seeing people's reactions. It makes me It makes me very happy. It's giving people a little piece of the world through your eyes, which yes. I think is so cool. And that's, oh my gosh, that's that's like a really good point too, is um, art, learning art lets you see the world differently. And that's again why I kind of, I wish I could sit down and just teach everybody art. I could like rant for hours and hours about it. <laughs> but learning that like shadows aren't just black and like light mm. doesn't just come as white or just seeing how light hits different things. And you can see it in some artists. Like when you look at their mm -hmm. paintings, you can definitely see how they perceive the world. But being able to like walk away and see the world yourself as an artist, it's insane. I remember when I was first learning art and we had this lesson about an egg. Okay. We had a little white egg underneath a, like a standard like desktop light lamp, whatever. And we just sat there and my teacher turned the light on, onto this egg, and the light changed. Turned it off, the light changed again. When you turn the light on, the light gets dr dramatic, the shadow elongates, you have a lot more vibrancy to it. You turn it off, just ambient room light, it's softer. Um, and they turn the light on again, and then they're like, look at the colors. And they're like, what colors do you see? And of course, when you start off, you're like, it's a white egg. So I see white, there's a black shadow, it's a black shadow, white and black. And they're like, no, look again. So then we like spent, I think like the next 15 minutes just kind of sitting in confused silence being like, what are they talking yeah. about? And they're like, do you see blue? And we kind of looked into the shadow a little bit and we're like, actually, yeah, we see a little bit of blue kind of sitting around the edge. And then another kid was like, oh, I see purple. And like on the egg, I kind of see orange with where the light's hitting it. And like by the end of the lesson, we'd seen all the colors in the rainbow and it it just blew my mind walking away from that. Like I have never seen the world in the same way since. That's amazing. Yeah. And just, I don't know, you'll, I catch myself sometimes and I'm just like looking at a car in a parking lot and I'm like, I really like the way the light is hitting the roof of this car because it makes this really cool blue green color on a red car. And just being able to kind of like capture that moment in my head being like, that's cool. And I just continue on with my day. Art has definitely changed the way I see the world. And I really would like other people to be able to experience that too. That is so cool. That sounds in a visual way, the way that I was trained to hear sounds in my recording class. Yeah. We would sit in our studio with these massive, like huge speakers. So you can hear every tiny little detail in the sound and we'd play a song. And then my prof would say, okay, what did you hear? And so at first we're like, well, we hear being musicians who think we know everything. We're like, well, they're major chords and this is the form of the song. And he's like, okay, but did you notice all of the high instruments, all the low instruments, all of the mid instruments? Did you hear how the backing vocals echoed exactly what was going on with the guitar? Did you hear which speaker each sound was coming out of oh, like yes. is it only on the right is it in the middle is it on the left is it a blend of some of them like 
what about the echoes? What about the delays? What space do you think it was recorded in? Like, there's so much stuff. Yeah. That sounds exactly like how you just described the visual world. But honestly, I have asked my artist friends um, that same question. Like, how do you see all those shadows? Because <laughs> I actually had that moment in school once where I was just sitting at a table and my friends, um, her homework was to look at shadows in the real world. Yeah. And I went to reach for my water bottle that was on the table and she just yelled at me, don't move that. And she had been sitting back sketching it. And I was like, why? And she's like, I'm drawing the shadows. And I was like, uh, don't you mean one? And she's like, no, there are seven yeah. of them. Like, what? Yeah. And the, she pointed them out and there were seven shadows. I'm like, I cannot see that without you pointing it out to me. That's amazing. Which I think is really cool because I feel like in modern society, we're like, go, go, go. It's constant yeah. media. It's everything's so quick that to actually sit down and just to look at like a random object beside you and just to study it to see like where where's the light sitting in it like what shapes am I seeing like right for example right now I have this green cup that's sitting beside me and like my brain would be like yes green cup move on with your life but if I actually mm -hmm. sit down and look at them like there's blues there's yellows there's cool little squiggly light patterns that are happening like along it and just be able to sit back and actually just observe something to fully take in the moment to be present is exactly what art is. That must be like a superpower since we're <laughs> such a, I, I mean it though, because we're such a visual, like people are so visual. That is our dominant sense. Mm. Like to have that skill honed and be able to really pay attention to all the things around you must be incredible it must be the reasons that dogs love to go out and sniff everything because no like scent is their dominant thing you know like they freak out when they get to smell something to be an artist and have those eyes you must be so excited just to wake up in the morning <laughs> I mean it's easy to get caught up in life anyways just like going 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 but it's it's refreshing to be able to sit down and like have that time of the day where I just do art unwind and just see stuff um I can't remember who the quote was by yeah, no, I'm completely blanking on it. But like, they basically said, I didn't know what a tomato looked like until I had to draw one. Where you think that it's red, and then you go in, and you see all these different colors, all these different shapes. And I feel like that really is like a perfect way of saying that like, art lets you see things how they actually are. We always have this kind yeah. of mental block of like, what things should look like. And like when you get into art and start drawing and teaching stuff, like that's definitely something that you fight with a lot was what is like what you know versus what you see. But mm -hmm. art isn't so much as like training your hand to draw as much as it is training your eyes to see stuff. And yeah, Christina always said like what you can see is what you can draw. So you just have to teach yourself to kind of slow down and take a look at things, which I think is really cool. <laughs> It is. Yeah. And it's getting over your your preconceived notions of of what the world is. Yeah. Yeah. It it's it's definitely fascinating. How do you feel about um your art when you do it in different mediums? Do you get something different out of it or is it still the same you just using something else? That's a good question. I would say yes to both actually. Um mm. I think no matter what you do, you always have you in your art but for mm -hmm. example like for me I really enjoy enjoy like with pencils drawing people drawing animals 
with painting, I like doing landscapes. I like doing flowers. Um, with tattooing, I enjoy doing animals and snakes and flowers and stuff. Like, I feel like depending on the medium is kind of what I like to do. Um, but no matter what, I'm always going to be me doing my art. When it comes to tattooing, I'm just, I'm very curious about the tattooing yeah. world. Cause it's, it is, it, it's just the mother of all art. Cause it's on you for so long. Um, <laughs> for life. <laughs> yeah. For life. No pressure. I, yeah. It, it just seems like something that's so scary to get into. What do you do to prepare yourself artistically for a day of putting your art onto somebody's body? I mean, it always starts with like a really well composed and thought out piece of art. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, you always want to go into a tattoo with the best that you can do. Um, thinking of all the elements and just trying to get yourself anchored in with a big piece that you can be confident in. But I mean, the thing that really drew me to tattooing was the aspect that it would be on somebody forever. Um, it's scary, but I think for me, it was more amazing than scary. Yeah. The fact that somebody would come to you, specifically you as an artist, wanting to get tattooed by you and have your art on them forever was such a cool concept to me. Like, this is going to sound really cheesy, but like to be honored with that just blew my mind and like I would I really wanted to work with people to to be that for them to be that person who they come to with their ideas and being able to translate that for them and then give them something they can be like yes I want that on me forever mm -hmm. um scary as heck but like <laughs> <laughs> really cool um and yeah I don't know I'm still like super super early into tattooing so I feel like I'm I'm very much a beginner in it. I'm very scared going into tattooing, but I think that's normal mm. and it's healthy because there is that sort of weight behind it. I'm still learning the basics on like how to pull lines and like shading and like learning the medium itself and how it reacts in skin. Um, mm -hmm. So I think it's definitely like, you know, taking that step back, kind of like how I did with like the art student that I had difficulties with, but myself and being like, you know, you have what you have right now. You have this, like the skill set, what you have at this moment. You just take a breath, you sit back, and you just do the best that you can. Again, art yeah. is never perfect. It's always going to have flaws in it, but you can always just do your best. Yeah, totally. Yeah. As someone <laughs> coming from a tattooist to uh, someone who has zero of them, it's just very fascinating <laughs> to me. So. I mean, still definitely learning, still in the works. Um, I try not to psych myself out too much with it because on the other side of it, it's it's very scary. It's it's your art and somebody forever. Mm -hmm. Is it still easier to do than uh, sculptures for you? Oh, though? yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Something about 3D just breaks my brain. I'm just like... I respect like those kind of artists so incredibly much. Like I would love to take a pottery class and just be like, help me, please. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> I love not knowing what I'm doing sometimes. Like I'm okay. On, on some, in some situations I hate it. Like I'm learning guitar right now and it's really frustrating mm -hmm. because I play 
advanced level piano. I have a music degree. I know how music works, but the guitar is a friggin' stupid <laughs> instrument. Why is it tuned that way? You have to keep in mind intervals while you're playing all of these stupid notes. I love it, but I hate it. But when it comes to doing art, it's really intimidating to me. <laughs> and I, I like the idea of just throwing myself out there and, uh, and scaring myself with yeah. it in a way, just doing it. Well, and I feel like there's almost like a certain type of freedom you can have with it then because you don't like you don't have yourself set in it yet. Like for me with graphite, yeah. like I know what I'm doing. Like I'm very much rigid in it. Like sometimes I feel like I can get can get myself caught up with I already know how to do this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas like you tackle that new quote unquote medium, tackling guitar, you know what you're doing but you don't quite know what you're doing. And there almost comes yeah. this little bit of freedom with it. We're like, it's fun. And I feel like that's awesome. Yeah. It's actually weird. Cause for me to write a song on piano, it, it rarely happens. And I think it's for exactly what you just said. I don't want to say I know too much, but I box myself in yeah. because I have all this prior knowledge of what chords are usually used and what is stereotypical to this genre and on guitar like now I definitely know where all the notes are and where all the chords are. But before that I knew a few shapes and I would just hit them around yeah. and bring it to my band and say, okay, what chord is this? <laughs> Please help. And, <laughs> yeah. And then they just write down all the chords I played. And then they were like, I guess this is a song. And I was like, cool. Yeah. And I, I couldn't box myself in. That's yeah. And I love that. That is so cool. I, yeah, it's definitely the same with art when you take yourself into a different medium. Because I mean, like you step into it and you obviously have like those first initial like learning curves. But mm-hmm. like I was trying out gouache, which is like this weird hybrid between acrylic paints and uh, watercolor um, where it's like reactive with water, but it also like dries super matte. It's it's weird. It is the weirdest medium. I still have a weird hate love relationship with it. But like stepping into it, like there was this weird kind of freedom that I absolutely loved and was also really frustrated with of how it acts and how like if I do this, it does that and how it kind of chain effects into like this bigger thing. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have that box of like with pencil, I draw a line. I know exactly what's happening. Like I'm very comfortable with it. Gouache just absolutely threw me for for like a loop. Yeah, (laughs) but it was amazing. I had so much fun. Also frustrated, but very much fun. Yeah. And have you noticed um, at this point now that you've tried different mediums that certain projects you want to do with specific things for the inherent qualities of the medium? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's definitely stuff that translates better in some mediums. I mean, I guess it also depends on the artist because like I, you can play into your own strengths and be like, I know I'm good at this in this medium. Um, it might be different for a different artist, but like for me, like I really, really enjoy graphite for portraits because you can get in with that sharp, sharp pencil tip and get those Mm -hmm. individual eyelashes painting. It's a little bit more difficult, at least for me, um, getting like those super, super tight details, because if you're working on canvas, you have that texture to it. I mean, of course you can paint on like a smoother surface, like paper or, like wood but like that's kind of how I walk away with it where it's like if I'm doing Mm -hmm. specific stuff I'm probably going to tackle it in my my strength yeah which you don't necessarily have to do sometimes you can do it in your weakness and that gives yourself a learning curve and maybe you'll walk away with something really cool 
That's so fascinating to me. Yeah. Art, I have a weird, like, I absolutely adore art, but I also have this weird hate with it because I'm a person who I like structure. I like organizing things. I like having Mm -hmm. that kind of perfect uh, lens put over things. But art is so not that. There's no structure to it, really. It just is what it is. And it's incredibly frustrating, but it's also really nice. (laughs) A nice way to force yourself into remembering that not everything can be perfect. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, art will just be what it is. Yeah. Do you feel the same way about makeup, though? Because in my eyes, Makeup is art for your face. And if it's not perfect, I get so angry. <laughs> I, oh, I, eyeliner. Oh my God. I still, uh, my <laughs> eyeliner today. Oh. I fight with it all the time. I've gotten a little bit steadier, but like my, my eyeliner will be like wonky. And I'm like, you know what? It's art. I'm going to walk away like this. <laughs> art will be art. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. As long as you look like an artist, it's Yeah. Fine. A little bit of personality. Never hurt nobody in my, my makeup. <laughs> Have you seen um, changes in the people you taught art to as they became more comfortable? Yes. Oh, I, yes. Like a hardcore yes. I, I've i had stories like of people who have done like a year of art classes and they're like, like, holy shit, like this changed my life. Like, yeah. absolutely. Um, I mean, it's different for every person, but being able to have that creative outlet in their life like a lot of a lot of the people I teach or taught was um like kids between the ages of like Mm -hmm. seven to twelve and usually it was like their parents forcing them into art classes and they were like "Eh, I don't want to be here but the moment that they started creating and they were making pieces of art that they were proud of, you could just see the shift in them. Like art became yeah. a thing that they initially were forced to do. And then it became something that they pursued. And it's something that they became proud of. And their family was proud of them. And their friends were proud of them. Um, and it really, as like somebody who is in that kind of age group where things are changing and you're growing mm. up, that confidence was so impactful in their lives just having that positive creative environment and experience and having those pieces of art because even like in the art classes that I I did at the end of the year we'd have like an art gallery and hang up all of the students art and they could come with their families and like be like hey here's my piece of art that I drew that's framed and hanging up in a gallery right now like the pride and the confidence that came with that was absolutely insane. And even with the adults, like seeing the adults being proud of an art piece that they did, like it's, it's insane. Like it, I'm proud of them still. Like I'm so, yeah. yeah, it's, it's, it's the change in them is it's so significant. And like everybody who has done art has never gone back from what I've, I've seen in the hundreds of students yeah. that I've taught. <laughs> it's beautiful it's it's a part of us everybody has it in them yeah and like once you get going with it you always have it like even if I started painting and I put down the canvas and I waited five years and I came back I always have that for me like sometimes you're a little bit rusty but like you always have art once you get it I love it yeah it's 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 nice and like it's something you can do when you're old too 
Yeah, yeah. exactly. It translates really well. <laughs> and I saw a story recently, well, it's probably a very well-known story in the art community, but for me it was new, that Frida Kahlo, or is it Kahlo? Kahlo. How do I pronounce that? Oh, I don't, uh, mm, I don't know if I'm the one that asked. Frida Kahlo? Uh, I think it's Kahlo, but anyway, <laughs> everyone knows she has the, she has so many uh, self-portraits and everything. Mm -hmm. She didn't start painting until she was bedridden as an adult. It was just something to do. Mm -hmm. And she suddenly became famous for it and everybody knows her face even if they don't know how to pronounce her name like i don't because i'm a piece of poop tonight apparently <laughs> <All> but, <laughs> like that, that's amazing she was just in bed and she's like well i've got nothing to lose and by trying to paint something so yeah and i think that's the thing that i really enjoy about art as well is that like as we grow up, as we get older, our bodies age and stuff or things happen and like you can be really into like soccer or something and you have an injury and you can't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. You can always do art more or less. It is something that it ages with you the more you do it or even if you don't, if you just again put it aside and come back to it later, it's always there for you. All you need is something that makes a mark and a surface and you have art. Yeah. Do you have advice for people who think that they aren't creative and that they can't make that mark? Ooh, I, this is kind of a bad advice, but I'm just like, just do it. Honestly, just pick up a pencil, find something in your room and just try. Um, it's never going to be perfect. Um, it's never going to be how you picture it in your head. But if you just start doing it, you will kind of find yourself falling into it. And... There's a lot that art can offer you um, if you just give it the chance. Um, it could be a release. It could be a fun pastime. It could be a way to connect with people. It can be a lot of different things for a lot of different people. But I think you just need to get going to see what it can be for you. Beautiful answer. And I think you can add that there are so many different ways to do it. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be in... Um, any preconceived notion of art that you have and nobody has to see it if they you don't want them exactly to. there's no pressure when it comes to art it's always the biggest hurdle with art is an art itself it's you it's getting over what you think you can and can't do yeah sometimes you just have to turn off your brain yes and it's good to get out of your comfort zone there's a lot of opportunities yeah. that come with it so much growth comes from doing it just turn off your brain and do the thing yeah it's, there you go there's the quote <laughs> <laughs> oh no don't quote me on that i'm definitely gonna do that <laughs> you should tattoo it on yourself oh my god imagine <laughs> right on the back of my hand so i can always see it every time i draw do you have any uh final remarks or words of wisdom that you'd like to share Ooh. i don't know i would say art can be intimidating but you just gotta do it just just give it a chance Perfect. <laughs> Succinct to the point and sums up everything that we've been talking about. Yeah. Art is beautiful and lovely and everyone needs to engage in it in some fashion. Yes. That's it. Yes. There we go. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Siobhan, for coming on and enlightening us with your artistic mind. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored and I'm so happy to just be able to talk about art about to somebody. <laughs> And get it out yes. there. <laughs> Spread the word. <laughs> 
Yes. And thank you, listener, uh, for tuning in this week, listening to our art talk. Uh, Hope you take care of yourself, that you go make a little doodle and maybe keep it close to your heart or share it with your loved ones, whatever feels good for you. Take care. Bye.